Welcome to the ATL Fit Podcast. We got a special guest today. His name is Sean Richardson. The... What's up, Les? How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Now, after all these years. <laughs> At <I'm>... last. <laughs> we literally have been trying to do this uh, ever since we uh, came up with a podcast. Because uh, Sean has been really instrumental in my training over the years. Um with with this product with the bamf hammer and i am finally glad that you're gracing us with your presence so thank you for sitting on the podcast today dude i'm stoked to do it thanks so much for having me i really appreciate it all right um so i want to get into a couple things now sean and i like we were saying we we barely miss each other i was working at a gym um i don't i can't you know i've worked at this gym for two different times so i don't know if this was the 2000 three time or the 2013 time when you were doing your boot camps with um i forget the name of the company oh with with camp gladiator yeah yeah we were and uh, we were gonna meet up and it was gonna happen yeah it it must have been the 2013 because yeah 20 uh 2003 yeah no it, it must have been the 2013 okay yeah and it it just never happened but as fate would have it we would still <laughs> anyway yeah, man it was inevitable yeah i saw this uh let's see this uh this movie i'm not gonna give it give it away but it talks about nexus events and things that are always destined to happen no matter what and that was that was um my meeting you and doing the uh bam hammer <laughs> all right awesome. so so let's get into let's get into to your backstory tell us sure. a little bit about yourself where you come from what you do uh, and everything all right, so, um, oh gosh, uh, how far back do you want to go, Pless? Um, for con, all right, uh, let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. As a kid growing up, I didn't have friends, I had comic books. And mm-hmm. I guess that's, that, that lays the groundwork. And then like lots of emotional trauma led into an acting career. Uh, and I did that in college. And then as I was acting, occasionally a director will come up to you and go, Hey, we need somebody to like jump off this roof or get punched in the face or get in a sword fight. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. That sounds fun. Um, so started doing a decent amount of stunt work, but still a comic book kid, like at heart. And, um, uh, went out to Los Angeles, uh, tried to do the acting thing out there not my cup of tea the uh the performing was great but the the running the business side of it was not um so transitioned into working in fitness out there uh because i would go and train in the park and like throw rocks and climb trees and eventually somebody came up to me and was like i don't know what you're doing but can i like pay you and <laughs> i do it too and i'm like yeah i guess um and uh, left los angeles moved to georgia um you know was was working in the fitness industry um and the marvel movies come out and of course comic book kid me is like uh yeah absolutely 100 percent um and uh it was like fascinated with uh i was reading you know everything that was coming out that each actor was doing on their process and what they were doing to help develop the character and uh really enjoyed an article that or an interview chris evans did where he talked about throwing I think he was throwing 10 pound bumper plates around a, 
around trying to figure out how Captain America was going to throw the shield in real life because, you know, physics and changes things. Um, and then the, um, the, the Thor movie came out and my dad's family forever were like, they owned a lumber mill. Like I didn't get grounded as a kid. I got, my dad would just order wood unsplit and go, okay, we got two cords of wood coming in. There's the, the sledgehammer go. Um, that's your punishment for whatever I'd done. Um, and watching that movie, I was kind of looking at him throwing the hammer around going, that's not how you do that. <laughs> which is an incredibly like arrogant and nerdy thing to do. Um, but, you know, he throws the hammer like it has no weight and it, that that's not biomechanically how that would work. Um, at least in my opinion. Now he's worthy. So there's a difference, like perhaps yeah. as guardian physics and worthiness change the e equation. And you could make that argument, but then in age of Ultron, there's a conversation with the vision about how the hammer is evenly balanced. So implying that it has weight and that just changes everything again. Um, if you really want to get dorky about it. Um, but oh, we do want to get dorky. Yeah, about it. That, that is that, um, now that that pops into my mind. Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> he did say that. Yeah. He's like, well, if it weighs too much, you get too much on the backswing. Anyway. Um, the the actual physics of the problem that I had with it is, you know, if you you watch Major League Baseball, one, there's follow through. There's always follow through. But if you're throwing something, you're creating a whip out of your arm and the moment of release is the cracking of the whip. If you throw something like a hammer, the distance of the lever arm actually changes. And so the the motor pattern is different, like the timing through the hips and all of that is different. Um, and I was watching the film going, okay, am I just being a, a jerk and a dork or am I right about this? And I went out into my, I think it was in my dad's garage actually. And I bolted a 30 pound piece of railroad tie to a rod and tried to throw it like a dummy. And I almost dislocated my shoulder. Like it, I, I pulled it back and tried to throw it and my body went no and dropped it and my shoulder hurt for a little while. Um, but that was the first Banff hammer. And I, from there I was like, okay, well, what can you do with this thing? And I started training with it kind of like a kettlebell. And uh, at the time I was training for, uh, I was, I was still doing camp gladiator. So I was doing boot camps. Um, and, uh, but I really like kettlebell kettlebell had been a big, I've been a big fan for a long time and this motor pattern was a little different and the change in the grip orientation taxed the forearm a little bit different um and i was like okay that's kind of cool it's a little you know it it's it's interesting um and then it just kind of went nowhere for a little while and uh i started training for um ninja warrior and I, I i mean i thought the product was cool and i come back to it every once in a while and then i i had been a big fan for a long time of like indian club and mace work i think personally like as a strength coach the the western aesthetic driven style of training for the sole purpose of like just looking a certain way tends to build a couple of holes in into the biomechanic especially when it comes to um to the shoulder joint um, and you know, we, you see these, these injuries pop up all the time. Um, you know, CrossFit games is a great example of every year. There's like an injury du jour. It's the one that like everybody gets. Um, and 
but like mace work, Indian club work, rotational work has been around forever in terms of human strength training, because when you went to war, it didn't matter how pretty you were. It mattered how long you could fight. And so, yeah, you know, Pless is very big and pretty, but if I'm able to swing my sword longer and more effectively, he just makes a very attractive corpse. Um, exactly. And uh, so started doing some of that application with the hammer and, um, you know, every time I, I kind of took an idea to the hammer and was like, okay, what do you have to say about this? How can I train this? You know, pick a, pick a thing. Um, the hammer brought something to the table that no other piece of equipment that I'd used actually did. Um, so there was a, a long period of time where we were hunting to find the right, uh, the right material to make it out of. Cause the way I thought about it, if you can't slam the thing on the ground, there's no point. And um so and the wood one eventually broke and then i was making it out of ballistics rubber and suddenly people were like hey can i buy one of those i was like uh yeah i guess i don't know how to like how to price the thing um and we kind of hit some um you know there were stops and starts and um issues with marketing and um you know uh and then by let's see february by february of last year I was, um, I transitioned, I'd been working for Iron Tribe Fitness for a little while. That kind of went sour after I got hurt um, pursuing Ninja Warrior. Um, I worked at a Ninja Warrior gym for a little while and then transitioned to being a stay-at-home dad. And I was trying to grow the hammer business um, up until February of last year when my house burned down and we lost the house and we lost the shop where I was building everything. So we had to find manufacturing which we found in let's see may uh yeah i think may or june of last year that guy built hammers for us um until let's see right before christmas and then we reopened orders again in january but he this manufacturer had kind of decided that um the hammer was not in line with where his company was going so um he stopped and we had to find new manufacturing. I kind of found out in February that it wasn't going to continue. Um, and now we have a new manufacturer who we're still kind of dotting I's and crossing T's. He's got to, he had to, I gave him the molds from the Kentucky manufacturer, but um, they had to be retooled to match his equipment. So we've got probably 50 units outstanding that have been waiting for a long time. Um, but it's kind of like a Kickstarter thing where people, like I reached out to everybody and they're just kind of willing to wait. Um, for the new product. Um, so once that relaunches, we will, um, you know, we've got a, a guy out of the UK that's interested in distributing out there. And um, there's been preliminary talks of a guy in Australia that might be willing to, per, to distribute down that way. Um, you know, we're just kind of waiting and seeing at the moment. Um, and currently I work at, uh, I'm a, I, I work at crunch um, as a, you know, helping run the personal training department over there and taking some clients and, um, you know, but the hammer's the, the thing that we're pushing. So we're constantly, uh, you know, filming content and, you know, trying to get it up online. I'm still trying to workshop that bit. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we are right now in, I don't know how long was that? Eight minutes. <laughs> Everyone who is who I've ever brought this product, the, the Bam Hammer around, is completely fascinated with it. Um, and dude, you haven't that, seen the new one. 
I have I, I've seen the I've I've seen a drawing of it. It yeah. looks amazing. It oh, looks it looks amazing. It's, it's so more great. War- it's like it's like it's like you have the it, it, it's like you went from to Stormbreaker. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's the you know the original design. I was cutting, um, cutting myself. I was cutting this rubber um, with in probably not the best way possible, but the best way I could do it. Um, and now the new products are actually created the same way that crumb rubber bumper plates are created. Oh wow! Um, so you know, lots of rubber particulate, steel, and adhesive under heat and pressure for a long period of time. Um, so that's where we are right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, this new, this new manufacturer until everything's greenlit, I'm kind of keeping it under my hat where, where we're getting them made, but he's, he's somebody that you, if you're in, if you were, if you're in the fitness industry, you've seen his products. Um, and so, uh, like it's, it, it could not be in better hands, honestly, than the hands that it's in. Um, and I'm working on a certification, um, you know, a, a book and certification so that I can start training coaches because yeah, right now it's a cool product. And everybody that puts their hands on is like, that's amazing. What do I do with it? And, <laughs> and it's like, well, you do everything, but that's a complicated question. Um, you know, because I've been throwing myself at the product for 10 years, uh, more than 10 years at this point. And the, you know, I was talking to somebody about it the other or no, talking to a client of mine this morning about it. And really it's, and this is kind of how I feel about most strength training, most athletic development. You have to be an, like a student of the movement. You have to be a student of the product. And a lot of times that's listening to people who are, you know, more knowledgeable than you, you want to, you, you want to swing kettlebell there are a couple of guys you go to uh you know you want to do uh crossfit kelly starrett's name comes to the surface uh in terms of the mobility side of things you know they're they're elite coaches in every field but the hammer was new so i had to take what i knew about other pieces of equipment and bring it to the hammer and go okay what have you got to teach me and that really is how i feel about it i'm i'm just the guy that spent the most time learning at the foot of this product um and it's one of the reasons why, like, you know, I'm not trying to pick a fight or anything, but you look at some of the steel um, steel products that exist that look mm-hmm. like Thor hammers. And I'm like, it's a it, that is a novelty dumbbell. It is. It's, it's cool. It's really yeah. cool looking. And but it's like you couldn't build an entire strength training program around it. Um you know, there, there are a couple of design issues that I see there. Um, you know, there, it, it's just, I've tested that design and there's a reason why mine doesn't look like that. Um, but I know what mine is for. Theirs is for something different and they get to make, you know, they're making a lot more money than me right now. So, uh, you know, I can only balk so much at what they got going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great piece of equipment. I, I love the thing. I put my hands on one every day. Um, so. Also, as far as developing a workout for it, because when, in my uses with it, I have kind of taken what I was doing that particular day and kind of just 
retrofitted or tried to try to do my best to to make that workout work with the hammer now with the hammer it gives you a completely different feel because you know you're constantly having to balance it there there is no there is no point in the, in the movement where you can lose focus like if i've been i've been working out with dumbbells and and bars and stuff for for years and sometimes you know even even if the weight is moderate you know focus but mentally working with the hammer it makes you sharper because you have to focus is that something yeah. that that you have seen with and you're, you're working with even though that you're very proficient at it that you still have to you still have to have your mind laser focus in that's why i love using it yeah i absolutely and from a from a coaching standpoint the thing that that i've hearkened it to is if you've if you've worked as a strength coach or a, a fitness coach of any kind you know what it's like the, the diversity of client that you get the diversity the diversity of athlete you have right. those people you know that are and you can't say they're like in the front of the crossfit class because you know some of my more diehard athletes chilled out in the back but you had the people that you didn't have to tell them to pay attention they were it's again it's students of movement they were trying to find for themselves the problem and they would come to you with things like this isn't working and i don't know why and you know, with this real frustration of hunger of trying to get better. And then you get the athlete that I guess feels like because they've paid you money, they can treat it like middle school gym class and like not care at all and just mentally check out. So, you know, I, I would have athletes that uh, they've been coming to the gym for two years and you go, okay, we got cleans today. And they're like, okay, which one is a clean? And you go, okay, how, how do you not know what this is still like? And that's that, that mental check-in. And, um, you know, the thing with the hammer is the moment you're not paying attention to what you're doing, your grip falters and it falls out of your hand or it hits you and yeah. um yeah that that is yeah, yeah. that that hit that hit it, it <laughs> that hit'll wake it, you up it, it'll teach you it'll teach you to stay focused it'll teach you to pay attention it, it it's a very quick lesson that yes. is taught absolutely and you know i call that the learning curve and uh because that's it usually leaves a curve shaped mark <laughs> on my back um and uh but yeah and and it happens to me like I hit myself in the face the other day. Like I, I caught myself in the eyebrow. Um, mm. But really it, it was a lack of attention. I was, I, I was, the, I'd been going for, I don't know, 15, 20 reps of, um, of a, a complicated, a fairly complicated uh, two-handed movement. So I had a hammer in each hand and um, you know, it was like, man, this is going pretty well. Whack. And I hit myself in the face. I was like, all right. Yep. Yep. Pay attention. Um, but that one of the things that I've noticed physiologically that that translates to is there is some difference in the amount of central nervous system check in. There just is like I every person I've ever trained with it. And this could be completely anecdotal. I mean, nothing. I need to take it to like a university and get somebody to study it. But the the sweat response is different. It's just different. Um I personally think it has something to do like your grip is the most is the is the part of your physiology that is most closely related to your central nervous system. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you you take a look at a heavy deadlift. If you double overhand grip your max, the barbell will fall out of your hand and be and.
and you won't lift it. Like your body, your grip, the inability of your grip to hang on to the bar, provided you're not using straps or something, um, will hinder it. There's some form of communication that talks to the rest of your musculature and is like, we're not going to get there. Don't go too high or something to that effect. And this might be just me making it up, but this is what I've observed in my own training. And then you flip that one hand around and suddenly the barbell can't roll and you'll stand it right up. Um, and you know, that, that level of, um, uh, it's not autonomic, uh, but that level of involuntary communication that's happening in your body, something is going on there and to have to absolutely crush the hell out of this handle in order to keep the, the thing from falling out of your hand just means there's a difference in what's going on biomechanically. And like, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I've given the hammer, you know, the, the original ones, the, the heavy one, the 40 pounder to mm -hmm. a guy who can easily rep out, you know, four or five on a bench for eight, you know, you know, the guys, they bench press yeah. three days a week and you're just like, okay, I guess wiping is something you don't want to do anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but giving them the hammer and asking them to single arm dumbbell press with the hammer um and you got a guy who can rep 405 not able to press a 40 pound hammer your dogs are going to town bro yeah they're 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 i, I love it yeah. yeah no it's fine it, it's it's hilarious i love hearing them um the uh but like not able to single hand press 40 pounds worth of hammer and seen guys get really pissed off like why can't i do this and i'm like yeah dude why can't you do that doesn't it like that should bother you 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 can you can take 405 for a ride you know four or five sets of eight and i i can completely make your musculature useless by putting it in a weird shape that's that's not good man that yeah. means you're pretty and brittle and useless um, you know, basically you're, you're a trash can for protein. That's what you are. You yeah. just like, you're, um, I've, I've, I've always said that you need functional strength. Yeah, you do functional strength over every, like, I believe the same thing. It doesn't matter how you look. If you, if you're not able to, to do great things with your body. Yeah. And and not even great things like you're huge, bro. Can you help me move? No, I'll throw my back out. Well, then what's the point? Like, that's like driving a truck and refusing to help somebody move a couch. You just, yeah. why would you do that? I don't get it. Why, but it's, yeah. it, it's not the way I do it. It's not the way I would do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, and I'm not going to cast stones on it, but for me and every training methodology, like every reason for being useful yeah. I've ever pursued, you know, that that's such a big part of it. Um, you know, wanting to have access to every ounce of strength that I've developed practically. Um, so. And that is one of the reasons like with, with my training and, and your training, I'm sure uh, why you kind of gravitated more towards CrossFit because CrossFit is more performance based than aesthetic based. Yeah, I, I, I would say so. And um, you know, I, I liked the diversity of it there and, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a diehard CrossFit guy. I have liked seeing some of the modifications that have come, uh, over time. 
but at the you know in in the same breath as I can talk about what I've enjoyed seeing them grow into, there's a reason why I really haven't pushed the hammer towards CrossFit. And that's the, the lack of focus in education from a top-down position. Now, that's changed a fair bit recently, at least, and I haven't been paying really close attention, but from what I can see, that seems to have changed a fair bit. Um, but uh, I went to, I took the hammer design to places that you know as they release products they're also releasing education you know because i didn't want to be complicit in ten thousand labrum tears in the first month which is what would have happened i i didn't want i didn't want the slam you know the, the hammer it was originally five movements now it's six um but all of vamp hammer training is based on six movements um uh, it's a pulse a squat a swing a pullover a press and a slam and once you know how to do those six movements you've you've built the you know the biomechanical lexicon in order to be able to kind of break all the rules it's the doing scales version of you know in music you do scales because if you don't know how to play music you can't play jazz you can't break the rules if you don't know what they are and um but that first you know 12 weeks of training that we offer I, I like I gave it away for free for a really long time because I'm like, please, will you guys just do this? Like, do, I, I don't care how how good you think you are. Just learn. Just let yourself make make the mistakes that I know you're going to make in the context where it is safe and you're not going to get hurt because I made them all the wrong way. Like the the number of times. I've shelved myself for a couple of months because you go, Oh, when you flip the swing, the hammer over, like when you do a flip swing, if you're not paying attention, you leave your thumb in the way you'll shatter your hand. Mm. Like, and that's what, like, I almost destroyed my hand because the handle rotated back around and my thumb was in the way. So as it handle came around fast, it cracked me in the thumb. And I was like, ah, I broke my hand. Um, I didn't end up breaking my hand, but I couldn't hold a hammer for, you know, three months. Um, yeah, and I, I don't want those I, – I, the, the product is cool looking. It has that you know curb appeal to it. You bring it anywhere and somebody is going to come up to you and go, okay, what? Um, <laughs> what do you have? Um, show, talk to me about that. Um, but if you, know, you just leave them to their own devices, um, to me, the, the product is a novelty. And is it a gimmick? Sure. Sure. Uh, but so much, so much in the fitness industry is a gimmick and we're, we have the luxury of being in a, a, like being in a culture that being physically fit for life is something that we don't have to do. Like you can, you can live in the United States and be completely functionally useless as a human and make a great deal of money and have an amazing life. Um, you know, physical preparedness is a luxury here it isn't in large swaths of the world right. like if you're not capable of collecting food and you know you live in probably more countries than not you're you're going to have a problem that's not a choice you don't have a choice in that matter like you but your body has to be capable of that um so because we are so spoiled in this regard, we get to kind of pick like what type of neuromuscular stress would you like to put on your body? 
and mine is like, hey, you want to put highly specific nerd-based neuromuscular stress on your body? Would you really like to train like a superhero? Um, and you don't have access to the science or money to make webbing? Well, <laughs> here's this giant hammer for you. Um, you know, but that if that gets some people off the couch that won't get off the couch for anything else, then the product is worth it and the time and the energy is worth it, uh, at least for me. So, no, I, I like, I, I, I've always, um, in my three years of using it, every single time I go in there is still challenging. Every single time I bring it out is still challenging. I use it in my workouts, I use it as it work out on its own. Um, I use it for, for the stretch. I use my, my warm up for squats with it. So mm-hmm. it has a, a ton of different uh, applications for it. Uh, also, tell us a little bit about how you came up with the name of it, the BAMF. Oh, so- and also, also uh, the, the, uh, the funny, the funny version too that you use uh, where people I, tell you what they funny, think it funny, stands no, for. No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. The bodybuilding <laughs> and mobile functionality hammer is really straightforward. Okay. <sighs> but it, it's a multifaceted piece of equipment. You can, can be used for bodybuilding purposes and uh, you know, mobile functionality purposes. It, and honestly, I think any piece of strength equipment should fill both of those, those niches, bodybuilding and mobile functionality. So bang, B-A-M-F, we just threw it right on there. Um, and, you know, personally, I'm, I, I've, I've never encountered anybody who uh, <laughs> thought it stood for anything different. Um, you know, actually, that's not true. If, uh, if you are very nerdy, um, it is the sound that Nightcrawler makes when he teleports. Uh, Nightcrawler uh, from the X-Men. That, that uh, is band. true. Yeah. And uh, I, I will say when you strike it on the ground, there's uh, when you strike it correctly, there is a sound that is emitted that does resemble the sound in my head when I read Bamf in uh, in a comic. So but that's no very few people know that reference. Um, but yeah, I can't for the life of me think uh, of another acronym that might use those four letters in that sequence. Right. Humor um, me, me on this. Uh, what? Let's just say we took the hammer down to the set of uh, of an Avengers or a uh, Secret Invasion. Have you watched that on uh, Disney+? I've, I've seen the first episode, yes. Uh, um, what would Samuel L. Jackson call this hammer? Uh, you know, um, I... I uh, you know i'm not sure but i know he would pull out his wallet and um and pay for one and uh gosh was he in a movie where something was written on his wallet i can't remember um but (laughs) no we yeah we we get that all the time and um honestly like it on the patent, it says bodybuilding and mobile functionality hammer. Absolutely. And absolutely. Um, I will uh, continue to stick my fingers in my ears about anything else. <laughs> but if you want to name it something else, that's fine with me. Um, the new versions actually all, though, have um, – they all have names. So the originals, the ones that you have, we had three weights. We had a 10-pound, a 20-pound, and a 40-pound. And then when we redid them, I, I raised the number. We have seven now. So – uh, we made a transition into kilos um, just because the, the United States is in really poor company. Um, it's the only countries in the world that still use standard are the United States and Myanmar. And like, I'm sure Myanmar's nice, but like 
I, I, I've never heard anybody say, oh, you know who's really doing great at insert anything? Myanmar. So um, I just think we should think about it. Um, so everything's metric. And now we have uh, 5 kilos, 7.5 kilos, 10 kilos, 12.5 kilos, 20 kilos. Uh, wait, what did I miss? Uh, 15 kilos, 20 kilos, 25 kilos. Uh, so in pounds, it's like 11, 17, uh, 16, it, the the conversion we actually print the conversion in the rubber so it's pounds times 2.2 um but the biggest one is 55 pounds and they all are named after animals in norse mythology because i find it hilarious to write that they're all named things that most americans have a really hard time pronouncing <laughs> um because like there are different rules in old norse about like what vowel sounds and how many consonants you can put in a row without being a jerk. Um, so it's Hugen, Munin, Tangrisnir, Tangjostor, Fenrir, Gyllenbirsti, and Jorgramundar are the. And if you think I didn't have to sit and practice to be able to <laughs> say those all in a row like that, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not um, even going to attempt. No. I'm not even going to attempt any of it's, those. It's Tangyostor is the one where I'm like, there aren't enough vowels in that word. Three no. quarters of that word is consonants all in a row. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Odin's ravens, Thor's goats, um, the wolf that eats the world. Um, Gulenbursti was the name of a, gosh, who did they give that? It was a boar. Um that had golden bristles and i can't remember who was it given a freya i can't remember and then yorman yorman is the world serpent serpent that eats the world that ends up killing odin um you know so yeah, typical words here every day yeah i was gonna say i can't know we we've talked about it on uh on banging and clanging the hammer because a couple of wrestlers have ordered the hammer yeah, um, Al Snow, Al Snow being one of them who runs Dude, Al's uh, great. Ohio Valley Wrestling in yeah. uh, in Ohio. Uh, Killer Cross. Yep. yep. Who's, he's who's got, current? He's, got, he's, he's currently tearing it up, and uh, he might be a future um, world champion very shortly. Um, and then there, I think there are a couple more. I'm, I'm not he, sure. Was he belted in WWE? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. He no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's NXT champion. He was the NXT oh, champion. Yeah, yeah. He's the NXT champion in WWE. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, you know, he reached out to me about getting some hammers, and I, I custom created his logo um, to spray to paint onto the hammers. Um, so we've got a couple of wrestlers that um, uh, that have picked him up. A um, couple of pro athletes. Um, that was weird. Uh, you know, in various sports, but like. The, the biggest one was probably Russell Wilson has a set. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. So, and I remember it was October two years ago. So it was October, 2021. Um, was it 2021? No, must've been 2020. Um, but uh, I got a DM in on Instagram and uh, like, and I'm not a huge sports guy. So I was like, okay, Russell Wilson, that name sounds familiar. Why does that name sound familiar? And he's got like 300 million followers or something insane. And I, he, he actually, my phone's right here. Let me see if I can quickly bring this up. Um, because he, like he reached out to me and I'm, you know, 
like I was just I was just building hammers and um but uh uh there he is um it, October 21st 2020 yeah there we go um he just messaged I need one or two of these and my response was um are you aware you're Russell Wilson <laughs> um and he he's been really nice um uh like he reached out to me the day he saw it um so it's one of those uh i ended up sending them to his trainer who is decker davis who also works with um he managed to get some on the set of uh the uh, spider-man um uh, no way home no spider-man oh, wow. uh, uh far from home far okay. yeah when they were training and uh there are some mobile gyms that his company does um that travels to sets so like the stunt team and the actors uh can train on set um yeah tanoi has tanoi has one uh tanoi reed if you don't know is uh dwayne johnson's cousin who is also his stunt double um and uh he has one but he uses those gyms all the time and uh you know ended up doing some sending some not, not a lot of communication, but sending some content to uh, Decker Davis, uh, specifically for Russell, going, I cannot be responsible for destroying a multi-million dollar arm. Like the entire, you know, at, at the time he was with the Seahawks and I was like, right. the entire state of Washington would descend on me and try and murder <laughs> me. Um, so spent some time doing some some throw specific drills right. and uh, like sent him some video. and was like, hey, if if you're going to mess with it, um, stay really simple with the heavier weights and use the 10 pounder to do this. Um, and I don't know if they ended up doing it. Um, once we're kind of worked out with the, uh, the new launch of the, the new product, I'm, I'm creating a list of like everybody who has any influence for us. Um, and, uh, I'm just going to reach out and go, Hey, you guys supported us when we were tiny. We're, we're trying to come back from the fire and some other things that have been really, really, kind of trying to kill the company for about a year and a half now. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, like, would you make a post? Would you be willing to make a post? Cause some of them have gotten free content uh, or free, free product. Um, you know, just trying to get back, get back in the saddle and finally see this thing come to fruition. It's been long enough. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. All right. I, I'm a huge fan, and and like I said, thank you so much for of course for coming dude. on and talking talking about this band hammer. Yeah, we've been plugging it. We've yeah. been plugging your hammer for for so long. Thanks, <laughs> we I mean, because we love it. Because yes. we love it, and and being in fitness and and having seen so many things come down the pipe that that aren't great products, for the consumer. This is something that will actually help you become a better athlete. And help you get stronger, help your conditioning, help all of those things that you need as somebody who's looking to, to up their fitness. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, even if it's I, as, as a, even if it's a warm up tool, um, you know, uh, something to add to the add to the way that you stretch um, as a conditioning tool. I think it's incredibly versatile being able to I mean, from a from a training standpoint, what the 
what a Bamfammer allows you to do is flow from the posterior chain loading and explosive development of like kettlebell work into the upper body mobility and uneven distribution of load stuff is something like a mace or an Indian club. And then being able to slam it on the ground like a sledgehammer and tire without transitioning from piece of equipment to piece of equipment. So now you can build flows and sets where you're keeping your grip engaged over the course of lots of different uh, modalities of training. So it's it's really not uncommon to see me do you know sets and flows of you know multiple minutes of you know where i'm doing some of this and some of this and some of this and some of this or you know it's a swing to a rotation to a slam to a press to a drop swing you know it it just goes from one thing to the next and as i'm training it it's it's never going to be you know if you want to go heavier than 55 pounds there's a reason we don't I think you should turn the grip into a more advantageous position like you would on a kettlebell handle if you're going to go any heavier than that. Um, you know, and 55 pounds, 25 kilos is a lot of weight yeah, to be is. swinging around, you know, with with a disadvantageous grip. Um, but, you know, being able to swing, to rotate, to do a 360 around your upper body with that much weight, I think any athlete should be able to take a – a dynamic 360 around their upper body with 10 to 15 pounds of their press ju just as a start like in terms of just keeping the shoulder socket healthy and making sure that you can control the load um because the thing that i see all the time there the hammer has shown me different you know in in women the the issue is primarily going to be here in guys the issue is primarily going to be here so like weightlifting dudes the pr issue is primarily taking the hammer behind their back and having enough mobility in the lat and the pec to be able to stack the humerus on top of the spine and be able to not have the hammer touch you on the back they can't do it um because they're so big and immobile um you know with with ladies you can see their their press go up very quickly because their grip will increase and your body's ability to move load is directly correlated to how much you can hang on to. So if she's having trouble in her overhead press, you can throw 5% on her overhead press by having her spend a couple of weeks just doing the grip development and upper body control of pressing the hammer um, because the attention to detail has to go up. And now she's squeezing with her entire hand, not just three fingers, like a, like the Ninja Turtle grip a lot of people use on a barbell. So, um, you know, there it has applications across the board and you can smack it on the ground which is yeah. really really nice and it's it's satisfying oh yeah so much catharsis um but yeah so i also, really appreciate yeah all right no problem oh i do want to get one more one more thing no uh, please your legendary ability to deal with trolls online is one of my <laughs> favorite things uh it, yeah it, it, because people, there, there are so many people that negativity runs rampant on social media. True. A lot of people have no idea what they're talking about. You obviously know what you're talking about, and they see you do these things, and they hate for they... no reason at all. I, I, I don't get it. But you always, you, you could teach a master class on how to diffuse a situation, and get your point across at the same time. <laughs> Well, thank you. I, I think there is a reason for it. I mean, it, uh, the, I genuinely, I think in the next 50 years, it's going to probably, you know, a group of people are like very intelligent people are going to go, Hey, we crunched the numbers. Social media is bad for humanity. Like <laughs> it's caused problems in the brain. Um, you know, the, 
dude, this is nuts. Um, in young people, their ability to metabolize visual cue, visual information is like a tenth of the amount of time it takes you and I to do it. Like, really? yeah. Um, so uh, talking to somebody in marketing about it, and it used to be you had like six seconds to nab somebody on an ad early in like the days of Instagram and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then now with like kids having grown up with it and, uh, you know, TikTok being what it is, it's like half a second. If you can't nab them Jesus. in half a second, they're half gone. And half um, a second. yeah. And but the other thing is it's created this insane amount of impatience, um, you know, like culture the notion of a like that you can gain approval from a hundred thousand strangers on a whim yeah. like mm -hmm. that's i don't think we culturally have really spent enough time or maybe there are people sitting around thinking about it and nobody just cares to talk to them i would i would really like to talk to them um mm -hmm. but like Okay, so this is a little abstract, but think about this. Before the advent of radio, if you read a book and there were characters, like you were telling a story or you were listening to somebody tell you a story, um, your brain would populate the faces in that story with people you knew. So, because you're like, oh, that sounds like, you know, Frank the butcher. He's kind of like that. And then your brain would just put Frank's face on the butcher in the story or. And then radio comes along and you have an actor's voice and things change a little bit. We've put somebody else's voice into your brain. So your subconscious can take that voice and do something with it, like put it in a dream. Mm -hmm. And now there's this outside person that has influence over you. And then there's the advent of television. And now we have this weird celebrity culture, which is very different from, you know, what it used to be the before the advent of radio nobody that didn't see the king or queen whoever it was at the time um speak in public knew what they looked like or sounded like i mean you'd see a picture you could, might see a painting but there wasn't an annual christmas address that didn't exist and since then since like how often do you have a dream and your brain is like who do we pick a person who do we got and then it's just this laundry list of celebrities and you're like that's weird and you're telling your friend yeah me and you know tom cruise and you know the rock and you know my next door neighbor had to build a car and take it surfing you know is your brain just fills it up with really weird stuff i i think like the the culture of cultivating you know approval in the way that we do I mean, th and there's there have been studies about like the way it affects dopamine and, you know, these the, the hormone responses that exist in the human brain. And I know I don't like it um, and I don't like the way that it affects me, but you do kind of feel like an addict. Um, like, please just tell me I have worth. Please just tell me I have worth. Mm -hmm. You bunch of strangers who wouldn't cross the street if I was on fire. Um Unless we were on the same side of the street. Yeah. Um, so when, you know, it, but all of that to say, when people get negative online, it's, I, I have to work really hard at it, but continuing to hold that in mind and go, this person is hurting. 
this person is hurting for something. They, they're trying to get affection in the only way they know how. They're doing the same thing a toddler does when they can't build the Lego structure, but they can destroy it and get a reaction. Um, okay. And attention is what they get. It's negative attention, sure, but it is attention. And, you know, you could probably build, bring everybody into a room and see that they're not that type of, they're not that type of person in real life. And if you're not that type of person in real life, I don't think you're that type of person. You're just trying to elicit some sort of response and you don't know how to go about getting it. But all that to kind of go, it's a lot easier in that regard to choose to not pick up whatever negativity that person is putting down. Like my default reaction when anybody got negative online was to just refuse to understand what they were talking about. Like, mm -hmm. Whatever you're talking about, I'm going to refuse to understand it and make you explain your joke to me. Because the moment you have to explain it, all the wind comes out of the sails. And, you know, but but it was it was in in my own way. It was my own way of keeping control, because if I didn't do that, that like that stuff, the, those comments lived in my head, um, you know, and if one of the conversations went really badly, um, I would th thought about it for way too long, um, really kind of pined over it. Um, and what I was doing was trying to cultivate the likes of the people who were like, yeah, get them, um, you know, which is is a different symptom, of the same problem. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't been posting a lot recently because there's been some some life stuff that's been kind of taken, taken up too much of my brain and um, has priority. But right. um you know, once we get going again, I'm sure we'll kick it, kick it right back up. Um, I will say it has been fun using the negative comments and turning it into the script for like the ad for the product. That's been fun. Um, and what I really actually I asked one or two people about if they would be willing to do this. Um, but I've been thinking about starting a podcast just to give me something because I don't have, you know, because I've you don't should. Have enough, you don't have, should. I don't have enough to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, one of the features that I wanted to do um, was uh, like haters corner, and uh, like genuinely ask people who think the product is the dumbest thing they've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Go, hey, I will give you five minutes on our podcast, and I won't respond, but I will let you talk about why you think the product is stupid. And tell me all the, re like, if you're willing to have a five minute conversation uh, and be genuine about what your beef with the product is, I'll put you on the podcast, like, yeah. and I'll, I'll shout out your social. I don't care. Um, and the handful of people that I offered it to, like I DM'd them about it and they were like, oh man, I was just being a dick. I'm like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> come on, be, have the courage of your convictions. If you're going to show up on somebody else, what feels like somebody else's life's work and yeah. like be negative. Take, a, take a dump on it, like yeah. at least have the courage to stand next to the dump and go, that's mine and I own it. Not really. You're going to be like, yeah, poop there. Didn't mean to like you coward. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you for that. And you, you've been great. Let everybody know how they can get in touch with you and how to get a BAMF hammer. Sure. So right now, if you want a BAMF hammer, you can't have one um, because I'm not opening the shop up until uh, I know we have a date to, for deliverables. 
Um, but you can, uh, I'm easiest to contact on, uh, on Instagram. Like we don't have a social media director or anything. It's all me. If you go to the website, um, and click the little like text me button on the website, um, that goes to me, goes my phone. So you can reach out to me there. I can get you on a list to like, let you know when the hammer is back, um, back in line. And we're going to kind of start kind of moving some things around to prepare for that here in a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, on Instagram, it's BAMPHAMMER, B-A-M-F Hammer. Um, uh, or you can go to BAMPHAMMER.com and, and text me directly. I'm, you know, I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. Um, and if you do look at the product and you genuinely think it's stupid, I want to talk to you. I, like, I genuinely want to record it. And because the worst that I get is constructive criticism. Tell me why you think it's going to hurt people. Um, you know, because really what hurts people is arrogance and ignorance mixed together and drunk in the same cup um but uh you know i the world of fitness is huge the and the enemy is not you know crossfit or bodybuilding or yoga the enemy is sedentary lifestyles and obesity and um you know people but but not because somebody's worth can be improved by the loss of body weight but because their health can be improved if our worth as people could be raised or lowered just based on the amount of muscle that we had on it some very very bad people throughout human history are closer to right than i would like um so that's not it's not why health is important the discipline is what it gives you for yourself is the important part um and i personally think we can skin that cat lots of different ways and still have plenty of people that we can help um, we don't have to, you know, start firing shots across the bat one another. So. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for coming course, on AT, ATL fit podcast. We'll be back with another episode. Hopefully we'll get Sean back on very soon. Once again, have a great night and thank you for listening. Wahoo.